You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have an exciting episode lined up for you as we talk about the first season of the television show Legion. And yes, that is the first season that I just mentioned. I know that season two has already aired. I've seen season two, uh, but this was recorded quite a while ago. And just due to the editing schedule that I've had, I have not been able to get this episode out until now. So it's an oldie, but it's kind of a goodie. Um, if you haven't seen Legion before, there are spoilers, but at the same time, I think that it might help you decide whether or not it's a show that you want to watch if you haven't seen it yet. So in that regard, I think it might be a good thing because then you can binge, binge two seasons on top of each other. So that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, other than that, uh, I've just recently been accepted as media for Wizard World Chicago, so you can check me out there. I don't think I'm going to be able to go the full four days, but I will keep you posted as to when I'm going to be there. So without further ado, let's join the podcast already in progress. First up, um, she's been on ooh, quite a few podcasts lately. You know her as someone who uh, watches Once Upon a Time. She loves Tolkien, and that is my Ohime-sama, Angie. How are you doing, Angie? I'm good. I know you're not feeling so well, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to keep me from talking. Definitely not. <laughs> I'll be like three days dead in the grave before I start uh, talking about geeky stuff. Arguing's good for the soul, anyway. That's true. I, I are, are you expecting a fight? I always expect a fight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did not bring knives to this. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling a little underdressed. I can break a beer bottle that I'm drinking right now. I'm That's ready. All right. All right. <laughs> so, uh, anything uh, interesting happened to you since the last time you were on, Angie? Uh, not really. I tried my hand at painting some miniatures for a tabletop game, mm. but I will not be leaving my day job anytime soon. Yeah, I, I really like the pre-painted plastic ones because then <laughs> I just don't feel like an idiot for not being able to paint miniatures. Yeah, it shouldn't be as hard as it is. They're so small. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I feel stupid if I'm using them just with the, uh, you know, silver you know, unpainted look. So, you know, I know that to purists, you know, that that's just sacrilege to use the plastic miniatures, but uh, yeah, I'm fine with the plastic ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on, Angie. Thanks. Next up, you already heard him talking. Uh, he's hailing to us from the Satellite of Love, and that is my buddy, Mike Nelson. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. How are you liking the, uh, the revival of MST3K, Mike? You know, it's not as good as the original, but I give Jonah Ray credit where credit is due. 
there are some couple of good there's some good jokes there. He's mm. it's not terrible. The movies are, but the jokes are right. Well, that, that's the whole point. That <laughs> the movies are supposed to be terrible, so that's okay. It's it's nice to see Patton Oswalt just do work. Yeah, I Tra- just tragic falling with his wife, but I'm I'm really happy to see that he's he's still going forward. No, no, that is that is definitely good. Yeah, I just saw the first one so far. Um, I haven't seen any of the rest of them, and I felt like they recaptured a lot of the flavor of the show. Although it feels like they are trying a little too hard in places. If if I may interject a very brief comment, sure, please. Uh, the um, I think part of the disappointment with the series is that after that show went off the air, a lot of other things jumped into to basically fill the void that mm-hmm. that show left. And now that show coming back with that format is actually having to compete with its progenitors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and and I think. Um, as the shows progress in your in your series, you're going to find they get better because they move further away from the idea that they're they're basically recreating hallowed ground. You know what I mean? They yeah. So so uh, the first one is probably the most slavish, and also the one that kind of falls the most flat. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think they pick up later when they kind of had the freedom to sort of do their own thing. So well, yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, it's funny that you say that, because I, I pretty much said the same thing, that it's in some ways it's competing with itself for me, because there are so many of the original ones that I haven't seen that I've been slowly re-watching. So it is sort of like I'm comparing them side by side, um, yeah. because I've just watched a whole bunch of the older ones that I hadn't seen before. And so it's it's like, so, so to me, it isn't like, oh, the revival of this show that I've been waiting for. It's like, well, I, I've been watching MST3K uh you know recently so this is kind of like is this new one any better so but yeah yeah, i I liked it okay so yeah i I figured that it probably gets better i mean pilots you always have to take pilots with a grain of salt anyway because no one ever gets the format right the first uh, episode yeah there you go so uh mike any chance we're gonna see you on an upcoming episode uh you are not allowed a liberty to discuss you have to talk to my publicist Uh, I have way too much fun with your name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when I first saw Am your I name on laugh? Facebook, I was like, no, it couldn't be. He's <laughs> not a regular average Joe. No. <laughs> but I think you would actually be great on MST3K. I, uh, I, well, if you saw my Facebook post today, because I've been watching Anne with an E, mm. Anne Gables, and mm. I have been ripping it apart, but in a joking way. Just. So, like, I really just want to watch it now and just record myself and just talk Well, it's good to have you back, Mike. It's good to be back. All right. And finally, you've already heard him talking also. Uh, he knows way more about Conan than anyone else that I know. He's living my dream by living in a movie theater, and that is Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I am good. Thank you for having me back. Hey, no problem. Now, so I, I wanted to ask you about this. So you live in a movie theater, right? Yes, I live above it, mm-hmm. like uh, like Lex Luthor. Uh, right. you know. yeah. Now, hold so, on, hold on. As a projectionist, please continue. <laughs> the, You're uh, living my dream. The, the theater is an old mid-century, and the business offices were located uh, above it, accessible from an adjacent stairwell outside mm-hmm. the building. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like a walk-up, and I get to live over it and look out from behind the marquee 
and and steeple my fingers and go one day this will all be mine <laughs> and kathy goes we have to do this every day and i go yeah pretty much <laughs> i wonder if it was something where you were like oh wake up you know oh look out the window to see what's playing today and you know just oh it's guardians of the galaxy <laughs> no, no i uh the I, it's I'm, I'm behind the marquee so i really can't uh see that which is uh funny that's the name of the article that i write for the local paper behind the marquee oh okay there you go gotcha so it it has been quite a while since you've been on probably five or six months has uh anything uh oh maybe even more than that um has uh, anything uh new and exciting happened to you in that period just just to keep it in the movie realm Mm -hmm. uh i uh this is kind of fun i'm it's it's a weird a little humble brag but i'm i'm actually kind of proud of it since I write for the local paper, they submit articles for consideration for the Texas Associated Press Managing Editors Awards. Mm. And it's basically just it's it's a it's a award that they give to the papers every year, which is kind of a thankless job in certain categories. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> there's four divisions for Texas, and that's it, kind of ranked like football with. Uh, with Division 1A being the, the, the smallest of the small towns and 4A being Houston and Austin and the big markets. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm in Division 1A. We're, we're a tiny uh, paper, but we are competing with some kind of interesting markets. And uh, I've been placing every year in the, in the movie criticism category. This year, I won first place. So I can, oh. I can honestly say I am one of the top... Uh, movie reviewers in the state of Texas, according to the Associated Press. Well, congratulations. Nice. How cool is that, right? That it's, is cool. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, yeah, thanks. It, it's a, and, and it's a, I, I really take pride about it. It's not the, it's not the kind of reviews I would do here or on the gentleman nerds or, you know, anywhere else because I'm writing for the market, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I don't have, I have I have half a uh, half a year's worth of journalism training in the ninth grade. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm competing with people who do this for a living, <clears throat> and it's just kind of nice to get that recognition in in a field that you're not that you're really. I'm a tourist in that in that industry, so it's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Mike and Angie. You should not feel any kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> going forward you know like well he clearly knows more about this than me i'm just as big a doofus as everyone else here so we're in the presence of greatness yeah <laughs> well do, well a great doofus i think yeah <laughs> His, he has a plaque i, I feel I, yeah, intimidated. I, I got a plaque i don't know if that makes me less an idiot but <laughs> okay a credentialed what? idiot i'm a credentialed <laughs> i i, I my, my cv's got one one more thing on it than yours. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it's great to have you back, Mark. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. All right. Well, uh, before we get on to our topic for the week, uh, it's time for five questions. All right. And uh, for those of you just joining us, five questions is uh, something where I just have a bunch of questions stored up. I have a random number generator, spit them out. Uh, They're usually on geeky subjects, but sometimes they're just sort of like Ginger or Marianne type questions just to, you know, uh, get us talking, get us laughing before the the topic itself. So uh, for this one, let's go Mark, then Mike, then Angie. All right. 
Alright. <clears throat> First question. Better Magneto, Ian McKellen or Michael Fassbender? Tough call. I'm going to go with Fassbender sure. by nose. Uh, I think he had the advantage of better writing, mm-hmm. and I think he had the advantage of basing some stuff on McKellen's uh, you know, McKellen is kind of resigned to the war, mm-hmm. and Fassbender's still trying to maybe find a place in it, you know, especially in first class. Yeah. And I, I think it's just a slightly more nuanced performance. So I'm going to go with Fassbender by nose. All right. Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with Fassbender, or I'm sorry, Fassbender. Okay. <laughs> uh, he just has the young fury of... He just has the young fury of Magneto that we've always seen. Ian McKellen was just always... He, he was he's old and oh. he just couldn't really do a lot but I mean he had that focused intensity where Fossman there was like I don't give an F I'll do whatever I want mm. and I also like the James Bond thing that was really cool okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right Angie um I love Michael Fassbender, but I think I'm going to go with Ian McKellen. And it might not be fair, because I think a lot of my love of Ian McKellen as Magneto comes from his partnership with Patrick Stewart. Yes, the bromance. But since everyone else went with Fassbender, I'm going to stick with McKellen. Well played. I also love Ian McKellen, and I also love the fact that they are friends off-screen, you know, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are friends off-screen, because I think that adds something to their relationship as um, Xavier and uh, Magneto, Um, but for me, McKellen, I mean, I I guess I expect Magneto to be older. I've always pictured Magneto as older, so for me, that is sort of more the iconic version that I look to anyway and I I really think he sells the uh, the feeling of you know I am part of an oppressed group and I'm going to do something about it and I know he's talked before about you know uh, uh, being you know gay and having to you know sort of have those feelings sort of channeling them into his portrayal of Magneto and I think that that really helps his performance I I feel that from him in a way where I feel like Michael Fassbender is I don't feel it from him in the same degree okay just my own personal. Uh, uh, impressions there, but yeah, I I, I love me, I, I, but I'm also a big fan of you know uh, old school character actor. Oh sure, always good. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that kind of performance. So uh, anything, nope. anyone who's who's steeped in Shakespeare, I'm all about. We're 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 really we're we're splitting hairs on this because I think yeah. we both like them both. Mm-hmm. You know, a yeah. lot. It's not a it's not a it's not a either or. It's literally a shade here. You know, for all of us, I think. No, yeah, and I, I definitely like Fassbender, and I do think that being a younger Magneto, he does that justice. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Second question. All right. Which do you prefer, sci-fi or fantasy? I tend to go with fantasy. Uh, and again, we're, it's, it's a... Well, I don't know if it's a question of degrees. It's a question of the types of stories that I want to tell and also read. Mm-hmm. I think that fantasy gets to play in in the moral high ground, and I don't think science fiction is is set up for it. But I, you know, I, I my favorite science fiction is alarmist science fiction, mm-hmm. and so uh, so for, for, I, for me, it's fantasy. And again, that's uh, it's it's a it's a slight uh, preference rather than a, a a strident one. Sure. All right, Mike. It used to be sci-fi. World of Warcraft took over my life for a long time there, <laughs> so it is now turned into fantasy. Uh, I've 
definitely fell into the fantasy realm. Much harder than I ever thought I would. Okay. It's the orcs, isn't it? It's the night elves, actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's right. right. I'm stereotypical. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, yeah. All right, Angie? I gravitate towards fantasy, I think. Um, much to my chagrin, I don't have much of a head for s- specs. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I, I think I tend to get lost in a lot of the really technical sci-fi, and that annoys me, so I, I tend to stick more to fantasy. Yeah, no, I understand that. Sci-fi, I mean, I'm... This is a hard one for me, especially, because I love them both so much. Because on one hand, I grew up watching the original Star Trek and syndication, and on the other hand, I had my dad reading me uh, Lord of the Rings uh, as a young child. Uh, so they both have sort of... Uh, been part of my life forever but I think it, when, it, when push comes to shove I tend to prefer fantasy wow okay I'm surprised I would have thought that you had gone the other way yeah I um it, it is a weird dichotomy uh but I like the fact that when fantasy is done right um or, or how I feel it's done right um it, it's it's I love the sort of epic storytelling that you you sometimes get it in sci-fi but you tend not to get it as much in sci-fi or if sci-fi is trying to tell a a big story across a a lot of time and across a big world it's usually painting it so large that you lose the human touch whereas (laughs) fantasy tends to be able to link those two things together you can follow individual characters throughout a large period of time rather than uh, you know a lot of the more sci-fi epics like let's let's take dune you jump so far in the future each time with each book you're losing characters uh, to where right. you you end the series with completely different characters than you started and uh, you know fairly quickly you, you lose the original character so sure yeah no I, I think fantasy um, is, is my preference okay all right so Look at us learning stuff yeah <laughs> Third question, Mac or PC? PC. PC. All the way, 100%. <laughs> How dare yeah. you? <laughs> Is that yeah, because I, of the uh, the uh, hoity-toitiness that's associated with Max? Uh, the, the cult of Apple yes. <laughs> is, is slightly less pernicious than Scientology. <laughs> and... Uh, and, and and uh, and 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 slightly uh, less expensive on top of that, right? And I find that the the high priests that regularly accost me, like demented, uh, crack-addled parrots, Mac is better. Mac is better. <laughs> Mac is better. Have this strangely myopic view that does not take into consideration that I might not need something the size of a Cray hard for hard frame. I just need a word processor. And Microsoft Word does that 150,000 times better than Macintosh, uh, where you have to wave the magic Apple wand and and, and cut cut your thumb and push it into the eye socket and say a prayer <laughs> to the, 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 the corpse of Steve Jobs. And maybe, maybe your thing is saved. It's hard to know, but you're just supposed to trust Max. You just, it's just weird. I, I, I don't, I, it's the wrong kind of relationship to have with technology. It's foul deviltry and I'll have none of it. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the cult of Apple, uh, reminds me of the Saturn cult from the 90s. Yes. Oh, the oh God, just a sanctimonious, you know, <laughs> Saturn. <laughs> yeah. Put it up your anus. Oh my God. It's the worst. 
<laughs> so, Mike, I think we already heard your point of view on this. <laughs> I'm a PC gamer. I, I can't do that on a Mac. Yeah. I'll give Mac. It has some great editing software. I mean, GarageBand, I wish I could have, but I'm also complacent with my audition, and I'm okay with that. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, Macs never get viruses. Oh, no. Yeah, and I like to fix my own computer and not send it to some quote-unquote <laughs> yes. that's going to take weeks to do it when I could exactly. easily do it myself. Exactly. <laughs> do, you, do, you remember, do you remember when Windows used to have files that you could open and, and you could you could call your buddy across the room and go, okay, re- is it a one or a zero on yeah. line seven? <laughs> I got a zero. Okay, hold on. I'm going to change mine to zero. Click. Okay, that fixed it. Thanks, buddy. Right. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yes. that was like the best thing ever. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I missed. I missed that so much. And and every iteration moves us closer to trust us. We're Windows. Would we let you down with our massive back doors and rush to production? You know what? If you just put it, if you'll just sign up for eternal uh, sovereignty, we'll fix it as we get to it. And you just don't have to worry about it. So they're 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 different cults of a different stripe. One of them is Mormon and one of them is Scientology and they're both, you know, whatever. <laughs> wow. Wow. Alright. <laughs> Moving right along, Angie. Uh, well, I'd pick PC, but that's mostly because I'm cheap. <laughs> I don't have any sort of moral objections. <laughs> Angie, I think that's smart because this way you'll get to keep both of your kidneys and still get online. See? Well, I gave up my kidneys for a warbler, so I'm going to make cuts somewhere else. All right, fair enough. All right. Yeah, for me, it's PC. I like to keep it real. I like to be like the people on the streets, so, you know. I really have no real moral compunction for me. It's a cost thing and the fact that I don't think that... I mean, I I have distaste for what Mark's talking about because the people who do sort of parrot the, you know, Mac is better, you know, but I have no real issue or reason to dislike Macs other than the fact that they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next question. Oh, this one shouldn't cause any kind of a stir at all. Okay. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Here we go. Marvel or DC? Oh, you, you (laughs) bad, naughty guy. You suck all the time. All right. Um, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say Marvel because that was the first, the first comic book I ever read was a Spider-Man comic. Five years old. It was a Marvel Tales and it was a reprint of a recent Amazing Spider-Man involving the chameleon. I found the Marvel comics a little bit more accessible uh, they usually had recaps and little asterisks that would say last ish, mm-hmm. you know, Roy. Uh, but DC made me a better comic book fan because there was this massive amount of history that I didn't have access to and I wanted it. Mm. In the 1970s, back when dinosaur, I had to ride my dinosaur to the library <laughs> uh, in the snow. <laughs> You know, the, this this stuff wasn't available at the touch of a button. You know, mm-hmm. you had to. There there were there were expensive research books by Maurice Horn that, that the, the librarian would look at me and go, "Are you sure you want to look at that?" And and I just just do your inner library loan lady. You know, <laughs> quit, quit quit busting my chops, okay? <laughs> I, I I got Superman lore to learn about, and you're holding me back. <laughs> uh, and so. Uh, uh, I, over the years, I have returned 
more to Marvel than to DC as as comfort food as you know uh, when I am in the mood for something to read or whatever uh, Marvel tends to be the my 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 default which is you know but but the DC stuff that I love I love it with the fire of a thousand suns so mm. you know and, and 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 damn you for making me answer that question <laughs> That's the whole point of these. That's, that's some Sophie Choi <laughs> right there, you know? Right. Take the boy. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mike. It's Marvel. Uh, I fell in love with the X-Men. And, you know, before Fox touched it, so you know. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Angie? Marvel. Marvel, I find God's boring. Hmm. Damn. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Marvel, too, because when I was a kid, when I was growing up really small, my uh, I never read comics because my parents, for whatever reason, thought that comics were like... Uh, were like worthless trash and so my exposure to the characters were through the animated shows and for DC that meant Super Friends which was fine when I was you know five six seven you know Super Friends was a fine show um, and I liked it a lot but as I was getting up to uh, my teen years that's when the X-Men animated series came out and then the Spider-Man animated series came out and all those were so much those were such a quantum leap storytelling wise beyond right. what I was used to with comic book characters, you know. You had real conflicts. You had these people living real lives. And those cartoons made me, you know, want to go out and read comics because I had friends at school who read comics. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, all that stuff comes from the comic. Like, the comics tell stories like this that you're watching on uh, TV. And so once, you know, the 13-episode seasons were over on TV and I had to wait, you know, another nine months for another season, it was like... I need these comics to get me through that period. So, yeah. though that's what brought me into reading uh, comics. I tend to prefer Marvel for existing in the quote-unquote real world. Also, I like that it's you know real places uh, for the most part. That I like that it's the real politics of the real world going on in Marvel. I think that adds a little something to it, and I like that it's one continuity at least up through. The last I read, which I know there was some sort of event recently that kind of did a rebootish kind of thing to Marvel, so I don't know what the extent was, but I like that it was one continuity going back to the 1940, well, 1930s, really. And so, for me as a kid, that I loved that. I mean, same thing Mark's talking about. I would mine back issue bins. I didn't care that they were, you know, 50-cent comics that would never, you know, make me any money. You know, I just wanted to find, you know, oh, Defenders number 53, I'll take that. You know, yeah. <laughs> because I yeah. want to know more about the universe and what the characters were doing before the ones that I was reading. Yep. It, yeah, it, it was always about uh, those, uh, you know, I, I, I was always I was always late to the party. You know, mm. there was always I, I was opening up the comic in the middle of the fight and mm. I never knew how it started. It was just it was just a, oh, the, the agony of trying to figure it all out. It was the funniest thing one time. Over the years, I just collected this random assortment of Defenders comics that <laughs> I ended up, even though it wasn't like any continuous number of issues, there was a whole subplot that I was able to piece together almost like a jigsaw puzzle with this weird impish character that kept appearing in random issues that was like, that went like, for 50 something odd issues, they finally explained it, uh, you know, three writers later. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was, that was just such a sense of accomplishment. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I have all those experiences with Marvel, so for me, Marvel is the, the better one. 
uh, all right, final question. Final question. <laughs> <laughs> Flintstones or Jetsons? Ooh. Huh. Some, you stumped me. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be stupid. <laughs> okay, because yeah, there's not really a... Oh, we're going to go down the rabbit hole here for just a second. I, I like the Jetsons because, you know, I did. I thought the dinosaur. I, I want dinosaurs that eat cavemen. I don't want dinosaurs that, that, that punch a clock and look at the camera and go, It's a living! Right. <laughs> so the Jetsons, because at least, you know, I, my space people. And, you know, to be fair, Judy Jetson... She was the bee's knees. That's true. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike. I'm going to go with the Flintstones because we still have flying cars. Yeah. Just, just saying. Mm. And, and and Betty was me. I, I liked Betty. Okay. <laughs> so, so when you watch the Jetsons, it just feels like too soon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it still hurts. We don't, have, we don't have a proper robot. We don't have flying cars. Mm. I can't press a button to do all my... Well, okay, I just have to press multiple buttons, but I can't press one button to do my job. Yeah. And you get on the sidewalk and it doesn't move you to where you need to be. you got to walk on it. Not yeah, I have to go to the there. airport for that, and when you go there, they just look at you weird. Right. I'm not yeah. going to fly anywhere. I just want to ride this. This is the future. <laughs> <laughs> Angie? You know, I watched both as a kid, but... All I remember is being really angry when they stopped playing Johnny Quest reruns to play the Jetsons instead. Mm. Angie, you can stay as long as you want with that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) My answer's Johnny Quest. Okay. (laughs) That's cheating. Uh, I liked the outfits in the Jetsons better. Okay. (laughs) And they only had to work three-hour days, so let's go with the Jetsons. Okay. Had a better movie. Mm. <laughs> One movie was better than anything the Flintstones ever did. <laughs> Live action or cartoon, Jetsons still the best. Mm. Yeah, the the Hoyt Curtain music. I like the the Jetsons better. It was more it was more uh, jazzy and stingy mm. than the Flintstones. Yeah, this one. <laughs> Some of these questions, I don't know if I wrote them or someone suggested them to me. But this one, I'm like, where did this come from? But yeah, the, I I for me it probably falls on Jetsons because similar to Mark, I I found the dinosaur aspects of the Flintstones to be less interesting. Uh, yeah. I just don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would rather see something where cavemen are are you know struggling in a more caveman esque environment than it's just oh this is our substitute for vehicles. But yeah, I don't know. That just not a really strong feel either way because in a lot of ways the shows were very similar but yeah i think i preferred the aesthetic of the jetsons yep you know and what's interesting is that the uh mechanical stuff was more of a danger than the dinosaurs was mm. you know the, the mechanical stuff would frequently you know thwart george mm-hmm. and astro would have to come and fix it or uh uh what's his name uh elroy <laughs> Yep. I'm so impressed you remember those names. <laughs> I oh I oh I sing the song if you want. <laughs> I got the whole. It's all up here. I, I was trying to remember the name of the robot maid and I lost it. Rosie. Rosie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I know there were times when she would break down and start mess wrecking stuff. And... Always fine. Always. <laughs> all right. Well, that's another five questions successfully completed. All right, and so before we dive into our topic, let's play this promo from another fine podcast. 
Okay, let's talk about the Flopcast. Where every week we drink a lot of coffee and we talk about comic books, movies, conventions, music, Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, don't forget the coffee. Lots of weird, obscure pop culture stuff from the 70s and 80s. And chickens. Yeah, chickens. This will be the stupidest half hour of your week. We guarantee it. You can find us on the ESO Network. And Flopcast. And we're back. And this week we're talking about a show called Legion. Legion is loosely based on the character of uh, David Haller from uh, Marvel Comics, who is the son of Professor Xavier and basically a woman that he was uh, the therapist for, which, yes, it it is skeezy like that. Um, But that aside, because this show sort of takes a a completely different tack with the whole thing, but it, it played on FX, there were eight episodes, and... I I guess just to start off here, I just want to get everybody's point of view on how much were you familiar with the character of Legion from the comics. Uh, so let's just start with you, Mark. I had not read those New Mutants since the 80s. Mm. Uh, I was reading them at the time. It was probably the last of the X-Men comics that I was reading, the, the last of the Claremont era that I was reading, and mostly because of the Sienkiewicz artwork. Mm-hmm. So that for me was, I think, and I actually think it's some of uh, Claremont's better writing at that time period as well. So I, I'd given them a pass once before, but had not gone back to them since. Okay. Were you, had you read any of the storylines since then with his character? I was glancingly familiar with it because by the, by the time they brought him back, I was working in comic shops. And so. Mm-hmm. I, I I knew from a in a synoptic sort of way, and from my rabid X Men fans bitching sort of way. <laughs> but, but I was at the, but at that point I was off of the the X treadmill. I had put my three years in, and and the the cycle the cycle had had started to repeat, and I hopped off right. to return. But uh, but yeah, so I I uh, what came after was not anything that I that I looked at. Okay, how about you, Mike? I knew, I actually read, I knew of David from back in the cartoon, back in some 90s comics, uh, but I really got more into the mythos of David Heller in the Marvel Now Legion, I think it's like Legion X, I think is what it was called, mm-hmm. and it took more of a trip into his mind, showing each individual personality that was in there trying to take over the body, okay. and so I read... I basically read that entire line, and that's where all my knowledge of David comes from. And I, I absolutely love Legion so much. 
such a good character. Okay, see, yeah, so you have information that I don't have because uh, I'm familiar with this character. I have read the old issues of the New Mutants. I read, um, I can't for the life of me remember that storyline from the early 90s where uh, the Shadow King takes him over. And uh, then, of course, the um, Age of Apocalypse storyline kicks off because of stuff that he does. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've got him through the 90s and I didn't know I didn't know what had happened to him after that. Yeah, I got Millennial Howler. That's that's what's happening. I got Millennial Howler. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Angie, how about you? Um, I knew absolutely nothing about it going in. Um, oh, and cool. I actually refused to look anything up until I had finished watching the series. Yeah, the whole thing was an experience in my wrong opinion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually probably a good thing, because I feel like I was... Other than one thing, I was completely going off in the wrong direction with this show, trying to constantly pigeonhole it into what I expected it to be, rather than what it really was. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll just sort of open it up now. I expected this show to be much more of a examination of, here's a bunch of things you're going to see, what really happened? And there's a little bit of that with them going into his memories where some of them were edited or didn't quite happen the way that they showed them or whatever. But pretty much everything that we see happening in the now actually happened. And I was thinking it was going to be a much more mind-screwy, is he still in the, you know, uh, insane asylum? You know, is he really out? Uh, are these characters that he's talking to real or are they fake? And again, they flirted with that, but it wasn't anywhere near to the degree that I expected it to be. I expected that a lot of the characters were going to end up being aspects of his personality. Because again, I'm thinking of David Haller as a multiple personality disorder person because uh, that's what I was familiar with and instead um, they went with the uh, schizophrenia angle in this and I kept thinking they were going to go back to multiple personality disorder and say no 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 he's not really schizophrenic there's all these personalities so I so for everybody else as far as expectations versus what actually happened I mean Angie didn't have any expectations going at Mike expectations versus what you saw what did you how did you feel about the show it was trippy. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was original and mm -hmm. I loved it. I love the approach that they brought to David and the whole story cuz I always treated David as a schizophrenic and even even reading the comics like okay he's schizophrenic but into the point of he has multiple personalities but he can just pick and choose what he uses with uh, with the powers that he uses. So seeing him develop his powers, I'm like, oh, he's picking up one. Okay, that's that's one. We're gonna switch it. We're gonna there's two. Okay, we're getting we're getting multiples. It's cool. Mm -hmm. But going in with the knowledge that I had, I tried my best to because it was Fox. So right. I mind wipe myself a bit it's like let me just come in fresh <laughs> i don't trust it one bit it's fox let me just go in and they they blew me away they they brought one of my favorite mutants into the limelight he and it just nailed it really nailed it every episode with how visually stunning the whole show was how mm -hmm. how they made david's powers work uh with itself and even against himself mm -hmm. and I was wanting a little bit more than multiple personalities. The the reveal, which we'll get to later, of course, I didn't see. Gary apparently got it. Uh, a friend of ours, he he know. I'm like, I didn't. I did not see that coming a mile away. Because maybe because I just didn't read that storyline. But yeah. it was just 
I appreciated that that they did such a very, very good job on this show. I loved it. I really did. Yeah, see, I'm going to say, though, that I blame the advertising for a lot of my expectations, because so much of the advertising was based around saying things like, what is real, what isn't real? Like, there was one where it showed, like, uh, the camera was pointed through, like, uh, a piece of glass that was, like, globe-shaped, and so everything was kind of distorted, and it rotates around, and so you're seeing David, and then things turn around and do a complete 360 around the room, and then you see... Uh, another character standing where David had been. And so again, I was thinking, oh, multiple personality disorder, you know, it's going to yeah. be like, you know, this one is David, this one is somebody else, and, you know, whatever. And um, it just, it seemed like, it seemed like when all was said and done, and I realized that, oh, we're not going to get, like, I was thinking, is the girlfriend really there? Is she not there? But once you start realizing that all these characters are interacting with each other and there's no way for these events to be happening unless they are <laughs> interacting with each other, it's kind of like, okay, none of that's really... <laughs> that's not the way they're going. It was trippy. It was but it was still trippy. trippy. No, the presentation was very trippy. Mark, uh, how about you? I, yeah, I did not have a horse in the race. Mm. I have, um, have let go of any kind of fanish expectations regarding Fox's treatment of the X-verse. <laughs> like I said, you know, I got, when, when I got off the treadmill, I I was done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for this to be part and parcel of that, all I cared about was that it was a good story. Mm-hmm. And so, uh I I loved it. It it uh it did one of the things that I adore about this new renaissance of television, which is that it kept me guessing. I, I couldn't predict what was going to happen next. I had no idea of knowing. And uh, I watched it with a friend of mine who who is one of these guys that is he he's he's real bad about you know it'd be really cool is it blah 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 and then ten minutes later it happens I, you know he, he he's just oh he's he's just the worst person to watch these kind of shows with. Well, I sure I hope they don't like do such too. and such and so and so. And you're like, why'd you say that? You know? Why do you even watch it? That's, why are you even funny. here? It's because that's my daughter gets on my case about uh, that all the time. Uh, <laughs> so what we did, I ended up watching the whole thing with him. And we uh, had a system where we didn't watch the first few in a row. So we let, we let a, a, a cash build up. Mm. And then we would watch two episodes at a time. We would to watch the new episode. We'd go back and watch the one we watched last. Mm-hmm. So we, we were always hopping back one to double check. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I found was he didn't talk through this whole show. And then at the end, he he you know we we'd have this. All right, so what do you think about that? Well, I think about this. Well, they're going to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And which is how you're supposed to do it at the end of the show. But he couldn't do it at the beginning because. Y- you have no idea what what's going to happen. So I thought it was brilliantly executed, and I hope that this. Uh, I hope Marvel has the good sense to leave it at Fox. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs mutants right now. Right. And so I know everybody wants them to wants them back because they want Wolverine to punch Captain America's shield and have it you know bounce off or whatever people think they want out of something like that wouldn't it be cool if no it really wouldn't but if this stuff is i i hope mutant i hope legion is the is is going to be ground zero on a a complete restart Mm -hmm. uh because what they really need to restart and stop making superhero movies and start making marvel mutant movies that would be a, a big help yeah 
No, I mean, they, they've said that Legion is in the X-Men film universe, but it doesn't right. feel that way. Now, yeah. Part of it is weird because it's all the styles are in the 60s, but the technology is clearly not. Right. So you've got that whole aesthetic issue, which the creators have said it's because David is, you know, you're seeing things through David's eyes and David's perceptions are skewed. So, right. you know, what we're seeing is not necessarily exactly what's happening. Yeah. But it's just that the fact of we have this whole other group that's basically the X-Men without being called the X-Men. Yeah, and I, uh, I I think that, uh, you know, I'll tell you what to me was probably the most, I, I, I knew I was watching something special. You know, I, I was prepared to just kind of be strung along, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and was happy to have it. But uh, I think it's in episode five when he does his little um, origin story on the chalkboard. Yes. And, it, and, 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 and without ever mentioning Professor Xavier, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he re- he recapped a, a battle that took place, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and the thing that essentially caused him to be him. I thought that was just a genius way of doing it. And if you don't know the comics. You can just watch that scene and go, oh, cool, they animated it. But if you do know the comics, you're hovering, you know, six inches off your chair going, oh, no, 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 no. That was when I pieced together that Professor X was his dad. Yeah, <laughs> the right? stick figure was bald. Well, and also yeah. the fact that he did, like, this great Patrick Stewart impression for a few words. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was perfect. It was it was really good. Yeah, and so you know, kudos to to how they put that together. I, if I I'm going to get meta here for just a second, the license over at at Fox is about to expire. Is it? Yes, they have placed all of their eggs into one basket. 2018, uh, we're going to get three mutant movies. We're mm-hmm. going to get Deadpool two. We're going to get New Mutants, mm-hmm. and we're going to get X Men. Not Apocalypse. Phoenix. Um, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, yeah. X-Men Dark Phoenix. And so they're literally throwing everything out right now. And I don't know if they're just trying to use up the the license or if, they're, if they've got a plan going forward. Because, you know, despite working uh, or despite owning a movie theater, I don't, I'm, they don't consult me on any of this, which I find really annoying. <laughs> I thought that as long as, I thought as long as Fox was making movies, they got to keep the X-Men license indefinitely. Well, there may be, a, there's no telling what that really means. Mm-hmm. As as long as the movies make a certain amount of money, as long you know, mm-hmm. uh, as long as certain uh, back end goals are triggered, who knows? It's it's creative. It's 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 actually magic accounting that mm-hmm. they're dealing. But uh, despite in spite of all that, I think there always was a a, a limit on this. We're going to do this, you know, through I forget when the last time they re upped, but I think you know to go from basically two thousand one to twenty eighteen is a pretty good long time to be sitting on and and doing a not bad job with the this licensed property mm-hmm. but I, now what's happened unfortunately is the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe because of how they're s- telling stories looks incredibly more robust more layered uh deeper richer more interesting whereas uh, every time they do an x-men movie the fans are still pulling out their trading card checklists from 1994 
That's and going, me. Oh, okay, I want Mr. Sinister and Bishop and uh, uh, <laughs> give me a Morlock. Oh, Caliban. You know, as long as you get one scene with those people in it, the X-Men fans are happy. Right. Right. Uh, and then the next movie is going to have Siren, and it's going to have Sunspot, it's going to have Cannonball, <laughs> and then yeah, and then they'll just there'll be thirty seconds of Sunspot and Cannonball shooting through the sky, and people will be like, "Got my movie." <laughs> I mean, that's the raw, and especially up in a post Marvel cinematic universe world, that's those don't that doesn't cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. So if they're smart, Fox and Marvel, move the mutants to television. Do develop them small and and use Legion as your ground zero because mm-hmm. it's it's honestly one of the best Marvel shows that's not a Marvel show. They took a psychological horror thriller and just happened to put some Marvel characters in it, and that is the Marvel formula to yeah. a T. Mm-hmm. So so these these guys working on Legion in eight episodes have managed to do what seventeen years of X Men movies unfortunately haven't. Nailed it. Yeah. That guy. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's actually a very good point, because the whole, you know, the whole Marvel tagline was always putting the character back in comics. Right. You know, since the days of Spider-Man, that's been the formula. Um, you know, uh, make it more about the people and not about the powers. Yep. So, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. Angie, so you came in completely, uh, you know, cold to, to Legion. What were your impressions of the show? I was lost, and it was awesome. Normally, when I'm lost, I'm annoyed. But um, it was I uh, being about mental illness, being about I mean the the cinematography. Everything was so deliberate that I knew that all of the weird um, anachronisms. I guess maybe they aren't anachronisms. Whatever mm-hmm. they were, the the strange time frames all being shoved together. Mm-hmm. I knew that was deliberate, so it just, it was this kind of gorgeous, crazy ride. And yeah, I had no idea where it was going. I made all these guesses. I thought he was in a pocket universe. He might still be in a pocket universe. Like, I I had such a great time speculating, and I was so wrong, and I'm still fine with it. I had a great yeah, time yeah. watching it. Yeah, yeah it, that that's actually great TV when you when you're interacting with it, like trying to figure out what it is and getting it wrong and be like, and it's still cool, you know? <laughs> Usually, when we when we think like this, you know, our, our our geek brains are trying to like solve it on a meta level. Well, right. they wouldn't do this if it wasn't blah blah blah. And the fact that they just kept you know shooting people in the face and uh, everybody was weird and th- th- there was just you were you were never you, you were never you never had good footing in the show. Mm-hmm. You know, you were always off balance in in a in a great way. So yeah. That was, I think that was the smartest, coolest thing they could have done. Well, yeah, it's a show that really is so much just about the presentation, because if you look at it and look at just what happened each episode, not a lot actually happens over the course of the series. Right. You know, I mean, events-wise. But a lot of it's just the joy of just bouncing around from location to, you know, from location to time to location to time, you know, examining these characters and understanding what makes them tick. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen another show like this. Yeah. It's, it's a really creative way to do it. And it's one of those things where when I look at it, I go, you know, I wasn't right about a lot of this show. I don't care (laughs) because I enjoyed it. It was just fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Which and usually I am the guy that's like, oh, 
well, you know, this isn't like the comics, you know. I, I have a hard time turning off that part of my brain. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I want things, even though I know, like, details within a story are going to be different, because it's like, okay, well, you're telling a story in a truncated time frame where there's 30 years of comics or more, but, you know, I want, like, characters to be pretty much the same, just drop them into scenario X, and I want to say this is what that character would do. But in this case, it's like, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Although I do feel like, and I, and I think now we can get into characters a little more, I do feel like Sid was, like, the biggest rogue knockoff um, that you could ever, like, <laughs> they wanted Rogue, but they couldn't get Rogue because she's in the movies, and so it's like, uh, we'll do these powers that are kind of not the same thing, but it's still the I can't touch anyone thing, and in some ways it does kind of work the same because Rogue can kind of become another person too, and, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... So I eight episodes. I never connected Sid to to Rogue. Oh, never. really? It. I. What did the show do to me? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> she even wore the gloves. Man. I know. <laughs> it, it. My brain just clicked everything together. It's like the the show. Oh my! We're gonna have fun. Did, <laughs> oh my god! Everybody did such a great job. It didn't click on me that it was just a road copy. Yeah. I was like, it was her own individual with a problem. Yeah. She just can't touch people, and she. Oh my god! It's rogue. Ah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely they went weird places with it. You know, like you know, oh <laughs> the whole story of how she lost her virginity and everything is. Oh, that was crazy. Oh, Buzzoid, man. Yeah. Oh, they crossed. They crossed the boundary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little uncomfortable. They, pu- they pushed the envelope there. I-, I needed to tell an adult when it was all over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not but good. I thought her relationship with David was adorable. Was the whole thing of like sitting in the you know in the in the sanitarium you know together like laying down together with the pillow separating them and everything. They want to be close, but they can't actually touch and you know all that stuff. I I just really liked. All of it. I liked how they interacted together. Um, I, I felt like it did provide a really nice emotional underpinning to the show. And of course, the whole the whole rogue thing, the whole thing of somebody who can't be touched, and uh, you know, because bad things happen, they'd be touched. Like evoke sympathy anyway. You're always going to look at a character like that and be like, oh man, that is so awful because it's something we take for granted. But yeah, I, I loved all the the stuff between the two of them. Yeah, they, it, I thought it was. I thought it was handled very well. And uh, uh, big shout out to Ari Plaza, right mm-hmm. for for uh, for being just uh, just nuttier than off. a house rat. <laughs> <laughs> she was never great. Been, I was. I have never been so impressed with her performance. Parks and Rec, some movie that I can't remember because I I have it, but I just can't remember. It's like some <laughs> Antoine movie. But I just, she blew my mind in this, in this show. Just, okay, let her do whatever she wants. I don't care what she does. I'll watch it. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a, uh, at at this point, like I said, you know, um, uh, I, I, 15 movies in on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and we really haven't had a major misstep yet. Mm -hmm. I give them 
so much latitude and and leave to kind of just at this point do what you want i i, I trust you based on just the strength of, of the first season of legion I'll, I'll give them latitude to to do a second one just like it you know go ahead uh let's let's see where this goes you know it was i think it was in that same episode as uh, episode five when they first said the word mutant or maybe it was six mutant does mutant only comes up once or twice and late in the series mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like melanie brought it up pretty early on but it kind of it got said once and then dropped. But does she say it or does she just say something about people with powers or so? Does she say it in some other way than actually using the word mutant? I'm trying to remember. I feel like she did, or maybe it was Carrie. Because I feel like the word mutant was used earlier than that, but after Mark was saying that, I'm like, I'm not 100% sure that they did actually use the word or they talked about, you know, people with abilities. They talk about powers and abilities a lot mm-hmm. uh, early on. And, uh,. And certainly, you're meant to, you know, infer, you know, whatever you like. But uh, uh, I, mute the, the word specifically doesn't come up. I don't think until they're talking about Patrick Stewart, you know, fighting the boogum. I'm pretty sure it's in that one, but it may be the one after it. I was, you know, that's the stuff I was just kind of paying attention to to see. Well, how X Men are we going to be? You know how. Yeah. You know, because this could be a, they could be taking this character, at, but but leaving the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and certainly could have done that easily. But uh, no, we're, we're, we're deep in New Mutants territory here, you know, so, uh, and it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that Cloak and Dagger is being developed on one of the affiliate stations. Um, that's, um, that's Freeform, which is a Disney one, because that's part of the MCU. Oh, that's right. It is MCU. Why did I think it mm-hmm. was? Uh, uh, I thought it was attached to this. Never mind. Well, Cloak and Dagger are technically mutants, but for whatever reason, they don't fall under the Fox umbrella of what they licensed from Marvel. So, because they're miracles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that's the thing that gets me? At that, what was that? Did um, Winter Soldier when they have that yeah. scene at the end where he says that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are uh, are, are miracles? Why didn't they just say Marvels? Marvels would have worked so much better. Uh, Marvels would have been better. But it's not funny. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Miracles is comedy gold. <laughs> so, so Mike, you you didn't see the Shadow King thing coming? I did not. I I so 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 remember so my knowledge of Legion was from the Marvel Now series, and mm-hmm. in Marvel Now, like I think for like the first ten issues, was da- uh, David was trying to control all of his personalities in his head Mm -hmm. so everything in each book was actually physically in his head and because all of his personalities got out he's trying to get them all under control but there's one there is one personality sneaking around the the back the back alleys and the crevices and just stalking him and david knows he's being stalked and i'm like it's this creeper it's this little creepy bastard that's chasing him around then all of a sudden shadow king i'm like what Holy crap! Who who brought this guy here? <laughs> yeah, see, for me, because uh, you know, um, I I was I've read the issues where the Shadow King actually does take over David, and then that informed a lot of what happened later in the '90s too, because that's how David was able to integrate his personality once he came out of this coma and became like the Ubermensch, <laughs> and could time travel and all sorts of things. 
So for me, it was kind of like when they showed like the, the the guy in yellow that was exuding a black aura, you know, the yellow skin and the, the black aura and everything. I was like, this is their way of showing the Shadow King, isn't it? So for me, because that was like the one throwback to the comics. Other than that chalkboard scene. Yeah. For me, I latched right <laughs> onto that. I was like, it's the, I, I know the first episode, I was like, so I told my wife, it's the Shadow King. I don't even know if she knew what I was talking about, but I'm like, it's the Shadow King. <laughs> It was scary as it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I got to tell you, the so the visual stuff in there was really disturbing, and they mm. did an excellent job of of really conveying that sense that sense of schizophrenia. And you know, that's why I didn't want to, I didn't want to presume anything. You mm. know, I mean, the way that they were presenting it, especially early on, it looked like legitimate psychological trauma. It did not look like like a you know a mutant virus right you know mm-hmm. i mean uh and and of course that's uh that's what the doctors feel that's what we're led to believe and that's part of what makes the turn so so interesting but uh you know cons- the thing about this is and, and you know they don't have full access to the comics they don't have all this room to tell this this story that that spreads out over uh 60 issues and 15 years and so uh i so i just assume that they're rewriting mm-hmm. you know they're taking the they're taking the gist and running with it and so that so for that's part of what you know when i kind of surrendered to that notion you know the 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 whole series kind of just became a really a great thought experiment uh as well as just some amazing drama with legitimately creepy stuff we're back to you know the the angriest boy in the world big head thing yeah cutting his mother's head off (laughs) holy crap Yeah, well, yeah, and they did a lot of the typical suspense kind of stuff, you know, the figure that, you know, the, the sharp cuts to, you know, scary looking figures, you know, right zoomed up in the camera and, you know, the sudden jumps from, you know, one location to another and things like that. It, it's a show that purposefully keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, you know, you see that in movies a lot, right. but I don't see that a lot on television. No, no, I, I, there really isn't anything like it, and I think it's all the more reason why Marvel needs to just let them have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, honestly, you know, if they can restart the mutant universe, and instead of making superhero movies where you've got to have a love triangle and the the villain has to know the hero mm-hmm. and they have to have a pat you know instead of using that pattern if you build the mutants as different groups each wanting different things as factions you know mm-hmm. th- then you have a society in turmoil and that's an interesting drama you know mm-hmm. if you if you write the drama large and they just happen to have superpowers and oh yeah we don't trust them because you know because of david <laughs> because, right. you know, because of guys like him you know it only takes one nutty one to to really uh spoil it for the blue furry guy so uh uh yeah i, th- I think that's an interesting take on that and and i would love to see them restart that and i would wholeheartedly and enthusiastically embrace uh, a reboot of of their of the x-men quote unquote universe along those lines I've I've often lamented that Marvel concentrates so much on movies in general because I feel like Marvel series lend themselves more to the episodic format. Right. And I, I've often I mean, Avengers are pretty good as a movie series. 
but characters like Spider-Man, I feel I feel like Spider-Man would be done so much more justice as a TV series because there's so many supporting characters and interesting people in the Spider-Man yeah. mythos that movies can only barely touch on. And I think X-Men is another one of those. There's so many mutants and they interact with each other and the interactions between all the different characters is what makes it interesting. And when you when you're limited to X-Men movies, you know, you can only barely touch and it's way, you know, seven movies in with X-Men and it's all about Professor Xavier and Magneto still because we've actually developed that relationship. Whereas if you try to throw in other villains and other characters with other relationships, it's like, well, geez, we have to start in the back at the beginning with that one. You gotta start over. Yeah. And and the they 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 gutted the team conflict mm-hmm. after the second movie uh let's face it to this date one of the best lines in the series is hey it's me you're gonna have to do a little little better than that okay you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> i know i love that let's i mean that's I, I hate to say this and i don't mean this necessarily negatively but it is kind of telling that's one of the best lines in the movie mm-hmm. uh, but because it speaks to the the triangle the the gene scott logan triangle so uh the thing about david is is we care about david in in legion well i think we feel sorry for david yeah but we're also a little scared of him too especially the way it ends you know you get the feeling that uh you didn't fix anything you just moved some around Mm -hmm. and and so that's a that's a great place to 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 do a jumping off point you know it'll it'll be interesting to see and and of course we don't know and we won't know until they come out it'll be interesting to see if any of the 2018 movies are done in this universe there's talk about and and it, it the, you know the the kid in the in the Logan movie you know the kids going to Canada at the at the end of it there's talk that that's the new mutants they're going to be the ones and and the the story is the spirit bear story from that time period so it, it would it wouldn't be that hard to thread the needle and and connect it to David in some way, even if it's just like a seed. Mm-hmm. But I but you know the the thing is is they've they've gone they've done so much time travel and continuity stuff right now. I don't think fans know where we are. Yeah, and the problem is a lot of times these studios look at TV shows and movies and they're so hesitant. I mean, even Marvel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can talk about the movies all they want, but the movies never mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they're so hesitant that we don't want anyone going to the movie theater to be confused and think, oh, I have to go watch this TV show because that might turn people away. You know, the buzz might become negative, you know, because that, that, that means they need more knowledge to go in here. Whereas TV is a little more accessible, so they think it's okay. Well, you know, if they need to watch the movies before watching the TV show, that's a little bit more okay because more people go see the movies than watch the TV show. Right. And I, th- I think that Fox is probably going to fall in that same line where they're not going to really, they're going to say it all happens in the same universe, but they're never going to really connect Legion and this new Gifted series with the movies. It'll just be sort of like a subtle hint in the TV shows that yeah. this all happens in the same universe. Well, I, I, I think the future for them is going to be, you know, to, to uh, concentrate on the TV shows and, mm. and don't worry so much about the movies. Let a movie develop out of the television programs. Yeah. It gets hard with so many characters, though. I mean, you know, even just last week when we were talking about Iron Fist, like Claire mm. should have just called Matt. Like, she should have <laughs> done that thing. Why didn't she? And I think yeah. if you 
if you throw too many references around you, you as a viewer are just like, yeah, why wouldn't you just call, you know, insert character here? This is perfect right. for them, you know, and then you don't have any real drama or struggle. Well, the thing is, the, 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 in the comics, you get those sort of light crossovers all the time because they don't need to pay an actor to show up on another show. You know, the artist just draws the other character. So if, if that had happened in the comics, Claire would have called Matt and Matt and, and Danny would have teamed up against the hand and that would have been a different story, but it would have been what happened. It's just yeah. that they don't want to pay, you know, we've got this Defenders thing coming and that's where we've budgeted to have all four stars mm-hmm. and we haven't budgeted to have... You know, uh, uh, <laughs> um, God, his name's escaping me at the moment. But anyway, the guy who plays Matt, um, in, Charlie Cox. Yeah, thank you, Charlie Cox in um, in Iron Fist. So you know, we 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 just have Claire kind of mention that she knows a guy, but never actually do anything about it. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. It it is it is strange, but I think and 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 you know, again, a strong editorial hand will save the day here. It's when you say New Mutants, we're we're really talking. D-list guys. We're we're mm. not talking about anybody that was ever. I mean, let's face it. Cannonball, Sunspot, <laughs> Wolvesbane. Come Magma. on, <laughs> Magma for crying out loud. Cipher. <laughs> so this, but, but but here's the opportunity. See, this is this is you know it's ironic that you know Marvel had Spider-Man and and the and the X-Men in other places and couldn't develop them in their cinematic universe. They had to pull from the B B list and really let's be honest, they had to pull from the C and the D list. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've made those characters so interesting that they've made them major players. This is exact there's so damn many mutants and Mike, you know this. You know, there's a zillion of them. They because every person who writes a mutant book wants to bring their mutant out, wants to put their fingerprint on the mutant universe, and um, there's so many that it, that it becomes white noise. You know, it mm-hmm. just becomes static. What they have an opportunity to do is to editorially decide. Okay, we're going to build these characters. We're going to make these our our guys. And when we introduce new characters on TV or in the movies. Uh, we're gonna make we're gonna make interesting characters that are in opposition to everything that's gone before. And that you know, doing that, you, you know, they really have a chance. And again, you know, develop the characters instead of counting coup. You know? Everybody was so happy when Colossus burst through the door in the second X-Men movie and got shiny mm-hmm. and and <laughs> and some bullets bounced off his chest. And and you could feel it. You know, yeah. like the the geek would just just went to half man. <laughs> we finally got to see on the big screen this guy. Now, what's more satisfying, that scene or what they did in Deadpool? Well, I'm gonna go with Deadpool every time because he was that was actually more of it. That was more in character for crying out loud. On top of everything else, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so this is this is the thing. You know, they they, they we they got they didn't i don't think they knew what they were gonna get i guarantee fox didn't know fox was just like yeah we'll we're, we gotta use this license up they have lightning in a bottle right now and we have been given a gift as fans and i would hate to see them squander this because the cast is on fire i like everybody in it first of all you know how hard it is to cast a guy that looks like how bill sinkavich draws <laughs> <laughs> yeah I... go google new mutants 26 and look at the pictures of legion and compare it to that lantern jawed freak they've got in them in the show it's 
<laughs> it's amazing. He's even got this weird neck. I mean, it's 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 creepy. <laughs> they nailed it. The artwork was something really weird to me when I went back and read those issues of New Mutants, and I was like, "What? What is this? What am I looking at?" <laughs> oh, but it totally added to you know, like I love the fact that he, the words couldn't be contained in the balloons, and they, mm. you know what I mean? Like they did some really cool visual stuff, mm. and uh, so I just, you know, this is this is a rare thing. I'm glad everybody liked it. I really am, and uh, I gotta say. I'm going to go out on a limb. As much as I enjoyed some of the movies and as much as I enjoyed the last Logan movie, this has been my favorite X project of, of mm. the last eight, 17 years. Yeah, I'll say it. It really it. has. I, I still have so much love for X-Men 2. Sure. And, and I, I'm not but sure I can say this. Alone. Yeah, the, but this is definitely better than the majority of what they've done. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, we we don't even talk about X three anymore. Right. I think I think it's better than the than the X Men Origins Wolverine oh, the God, script. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better than the uh, Age of Apocalypse story. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it, 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 you know the, and all of the other stuff has been various degrees of entertaining. But again, I don't I I feel like I'm in a pocket universe. And not like a, I don't feel like I've got real stakes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's just you know, uh, and, and this is this is someone who you know my, my X Men, uh, just to kind of put it in perspective, are the are the Claremont Byrne X Men and mm-hmm. and the cock, like that's the X Men that I started reading, you know, and so I don't really, and I read I, I read X Men up to about issue two hundred, but I had had mentally bailed on the series by about well uh whenever they fought dracula (laughs) (laughs) at that point you know when dracula shows up i'm like you know what Uh, (laughs) oh come back and wanted wanted storm Uh, to be his bride i'm gonna gonna see what uh i'm gonna go see what power man iron fist up to (laughs) although to be fair to be fair at that point in time everyone in marvel fought dracula for an issue spider-man fought dracula I, it, it, you you could say he was a place saver until the Beyonder showed up. I yes. totally agree. With that. <laughs> yeah. But 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 yeah, no, I um so so you know uh, and and I've read sporadic X Men since then. You know, um, mm. I read uh, I read Whedon and Cassidy's X Men. Uh, I read uh, Morrison some of Morrison's stuff. Uh, I, I would come back for special projects. Oh, the uh, uh, I, I read more Alan Davis Excalibur than. Mm. Uh, than I really wanted to, but I couldn't stop looking at the lovely Alan Davis artwork. Yeah, Alan Davis is one of my favorites, an unsung hero of comics. So I, I, I agree, and so I feel like I've got a pretty good depth on this. I, I I'm, you know, uh, I don't know that I'm. I, I would not consider myself an avid X Men fan, mm-hmm. but but it's been a weird relationship with the X Men people, you know, uh, it, and the movies. So so they've got a chance to. It, it, this could this could be like a wonderful. Just just imagine. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Well, I, I'm, I'm repeating myself. I'm, I'm going to let somebody else talk. Angie, jump in here. Make me, make me sound not so happy. Can, can, is, there, is there a way to you to, for you to cut through this so I don't sound like quite an idiot? No, it's fine. It's fine, Mark. Um, you are obviously passionate about this subject. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was so excited when you proposed it. I was like, yes, this, yes. Positive. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, yes, because I suggested some stuff. other things for us to talk about, and you were like, "No," because I want to be positive. That's right. <laughs> um, 
Angie, um, why don't we uh, talk uh, before we, because we are getting kind of long here, um, why don't we talk uh, about uh, favorite characters? So, um, did you have anyone in particular in, in the series that you really enjoyed? The upcoming Jermaine and Aubrey show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, that team up made me squeal at the television. I'm stoked to see that. Um, no, props to Aubrey Plaza. I I found Farouk terrifying um, mm-hmm. to a degree that I don't know that I've seen in a while. Um, like to the point that I literally noped off my sofa in the white room where he was chasing Sid around. Yeah, and they made that really uncomfortable to watch. Like yeah, I keep yeah. looking over at my wife during that scene. Like, is she okay? Is she okay? Because anything <laughs> that's like like you know violence against women, you know, in that sense, you know, that kind of assault, you know, like she really gets on edge about. And I'm like, I'm a little worried here about this scene. Yeah, and all he was doing was walking. Oh, I know, terrifying. but um, I might have woken up the baby actually because I just literally noped out of the room. Yes. But so I spent most. Most of the series being like just just be Aubrey Plaza again, just be Aubrey Plaza again, <laughs> and then at the end, um, when she was rotting or whatever she was doing, she was so creepy. I was like, actually, I'll take yellow eyes back now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that that whole Farouk, I'm scared of Farouk. Mm-hmm. That that was just amazingly well done for me. I don't usually have that sort of visceral reaction to a television show. Yeah, no, that was very well done. How about you, Mike? I enjoyed. Carrie and Carrie. Yes. I was hoping somebody would, yes. And I've even gone through to find, like, is there actually a mutant who does that? Just, is this completely original? It is! It's so cool! (laughs) And because I watched with subtitles on, and so when we first meet Carrie, the guy, Mm-hmm. He's spelled a different way than he's and and when he says no, and I'm talking about the other Carrie, and it's believable. I'm like, what the f- is he talking about? He's he's getting really weird right now. And then <laughs> it goes into his backstory and how he's also this girl who is inside of him. And he just comes out, and I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> That's awesome! And she kicks so much ass! Well, yeah, because it's like she's stuck inside him for so often that whenever she's out, she just wants to do stuff. And, you know, they even showed, like, in cases where she's not allowed to do things, how she just, like, paces around and fidgets and, you know, <laughs> everything else. It was depicted so well. And, and oh, my God, when she got hurt, through, when when all the cop dudes just came busting on her, mm. and then Carrie was feeling it too, my heart was breaking. I'm like, David, someone stop this, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought they might be dead. Yes, yes, me too. Oh, my God, I got so scared. <laughs> <laughs> I got so I think Carrie and Carrie I got so invested with mm. because Carrie as a guy he ages he ages like normal and then the other and then the female Carrie he, she's just there she's in him she's so young mm. and it's like not a brother and sister placement it's in my eyes it's father and daughter a little bit because of how the age difference looks mm-hmm. and I'm just like dude your your daughter's getting her ass kicked. And dad's getting hurt, too. And dad looks like crap now. Holy crap. And, and then they had that, that friction that they just couldn't be near each other. And Carrie, the guy, was trying to comfort her. He's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do this right now. I'm got, I, I just need to be by myself. And he's like, be by myself. No, these Carries have always been there. He's never felt so alone. I Oh, my God, my heart's breaking again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the relationships... Yeah, the relationships were powerful and how they were depicted, and you totally got the entire headspace 
of them from just what little... I mean, it's only eight episodes. I mean, it's not that much screen time. And, and I mean, those characters weren't even introduced until maybe the third was was the third yeah, or was, it was the like second third. it was it was yeah. like third episode right so so yeah i mean we're coming into the so late with them and you know but we get it you know we get the whole relationship with that and yeah i, I think that's another one of those ways that just shows like how good the storytelling how refined it is that they can make you care that much yeah i would agree with that i think that the uh i think in general there was a, a, a more mature and sophisticated uh, hand at the wheel. You know, it's not just, I'm a mutant because I have this really awesome power, like like the ability to generate fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the ability to generate fire, and then there's the ability, and then there's your id coming to life as a, as a separate entity and coming out of your body as a representation of your of your of your your uh, your internal self. That's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of thing you're going to find uh, in general. Uh, th- th- to me, that's that that feels more like a Grant Morrison Doom Patrol thing, you know, than a th- than a Marvel comic from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was just really impressed that at no point in time uh, did they try to soft shoe it. Did they try to sell me a bill of goods? You know, we're gonna we're gonna do this. It's gonna be mature. It's gonna be you know, kind of hard hitting and un- and uncompromising, and and if it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. That's cool too, you know. But we're we're not gonna we're not gonna just uh, lay down and uh, oh, I got beams that come out of my eyes. I'm <laughs> I'm you know uh-uh, no, this is this dark stuff. Well, yeah, and then I was bullied as a kid because I was different, which is the usual X Men hook. Right. You know, we're different, so we're bullied as a kid. Yeah, everyone can identify with that. Okay. You know, but yeah, this is going into some meteor territory. Much meteor, yeah. Exploring powers and how they would affect the people that deal with them, you know, uh, in a much deeper Psychologically, way. Psychologically, yeah. And that's that's not something that we always get. And so uh, that's why I think in this new uh, medium slash, you know, renaissance, again, you know, it's it's perfect for what they're doing. Uh, and so, Mark, uh, did you have a particular character that you uh, liked in this show? From the get-go, I was Team David. Uh, I, as much as I love Aubrey Plaza, I could tell uh, early on that she was going to be um, more trouble than help, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I, I was right. Right. <laughs> oh, go- oh, golly, was I right? Uh, but, you know, not, I was. I didn't sit on the couch and go, "I called it." No, I was like, "Oh God, I hate being right." <laughs> um, it was a whole different kind of thing, you know. Uh, but yeah, she pinged like she she set off alarms like somehow some of my ex girlfriends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like that was, like that was the kind of stuff that she pinged on for me. Like, oh my god! But uh, I, t- David was just—I I think he held the show together. Mm-hmm. He was—he was sympathetic. He was terrifying. He was—it was, it, it, those moments when he was calm. It was so cool to see him, like you know, be normal for a minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly, I just had tremendous sympathy for him, especially. Uh, I, I think I think the part that that killed me the most was when somebody mentions his dog to to his sister and his sister says that we never had a dog and it's just like oh god <laughs> even the dog's false oh man <laughs> he can't oh, even God. have a dog <laughs> son of a bitch little king sucks to be him man was it so, carrie talking about he should have realized when the dog's name was king yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh I god know. darn it yeah so, so yeah. that 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 all was uh 
uh, was beautifully handled. You know, it nope, and and there wasn't really a false note for me. Yeah. For me, since both David and the carries have been mentioned, I think I'll go to Oliver, who was yeah. a very. <laughs> This is a very interesting character from the get-go. It was like, when he first appears, I'm like, this guy has all the makings of, like, an Austin Powers villain or, you know, something <laughs> along those lines. Like, he's... A black villain, perhaps? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like a Bond character that time forgot or something. I don't know, but, you know, he's I... He's switched on. Yes. <laughs> I love this idea of the sort of beatnik that, you know, that time forgot, you know, he's... <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and, and, you know, the whole thing of, like, he's, like, the mentor sage character, but he's so, like, mentally out there that a lot of what he's saying doesn't make sense, and it's like... No, and, and the fact that he's, you know, strong enough to have carved out this, like, piece of his of, of astral space mm-hmm. where he's hiding his entire consciousness is just, you know... Ass. Yeah, it really is, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't ever think, you know, it, 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 what's interesting about this is this came out right about the time that the Doctor Strange movie hit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I love the way they did the, the stuff in, 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 the, in the movie. I thought it was, it, was, it was the comic book Ditko-esque thing that I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the, the, the psyche, you know, the, the journey into the mind. I've never seen it handled as well as it was handled on this show. Can you think of, can you think of any other movie? I mean, if they, cause, cause like stuff like dreamscape and the Friday, the, or the Freddy Krueger movies, you know, the, the, Oh, I'm dreaming and I can't wake up and Oh, here comes Freddy. And he just changed out of my best friend, all that surface stuff, notwithstanding, uh, the physicality of what they were doing, what I thought was, was fascinating, you know, yeah. and, and for, for not having, not having the Dr. Strange movie as a reference point, I felt like it, it, they were, you know, parallel interesting in that way. Yeah. No, and uh, there was one question that I had that maybe you guys caught. Did they ever explain why Oliver was cryogenically frozen in the first place? Isn't it because he got lost in the astral plane and they did it hopefully to save him? Yeah, they were, they were trying to preserve him the body. So they could go get him. Mm-hmm. And she'd made several attempts before, and and part of that's part of her interest in David. She thought that David was had had enough deep psychic power to punch through to get to him. Okay, because yeah, that's the part that I didn't get is why they needed. I mean, I understood she wanted David to go find him, but I didn't get why he was frozen because you can keep somebody on life support without freezing them. So I wasn't well with 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 how he looked and we don't know how long he's really been in there he had to be in there for a while <laughs> right like, no, uh, okay yeah i mean I, I guess that i guess that is it but yeah that was the only thing that i couldn't uh but i like the fact that because he was frozen that was he's like it's the one thing i can't do is make it warm here for some reason <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like, right. cold. and no matter how hard he tries he's got that germane sound to his right. voice <laughs> trying so hard not to sound like a kiwi you know uh, and so i so every time he talks i keep thinking any second now he's gonna break out into song <laughs> you know Dress brett's up like gonna, david bowie brett's gonna, I mean, hey, he, brett's I mean, gonna pop up soprano, and he, yeah, yeah. And david's a soprano right i mean we could like, it would have been, <laughs> been nice it would have been fun but i love <laughs> that he just thinks that david's just gonna hang out and listen to tunes with him Right. <laughs> yeah. Listen to his poetry or you know. slam poetry. Oh my god! They did a 
it, it was uh, it was a nice bit of I won't say levity, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was it was definitely uh, it was I think he was a welcome change amidst all the heaviness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. I yeah, I want I want more. Uh, I hope Fox renews it, and and I'm okay if they just renew it for another uh, eight. Tell your story, you know. The way you want to tell it, don't don't you know? We're we're finally out of this notion of happy days where we have mm-hmm. to run this series forever. You know, tell us a good tale and then and then be off with you. Well, so. it's definitely different depending on what kind of a show you want to do. Because, like I was saying, you know, I mean, there is something about the mutants which, to me, lends itself to more of a soap operatic format of where you yeah. are just telling stories with the characters and just letting them kind of like interact and explore that. But yeah, when if you're trying to tell a story, then yeah, I agree. Tell us, tell the story. You know, like tell that. You know, bookend it. You know, do a specific number of episodes and just do that. But yeah, I, I I do feel like too many people are saying like let's just do short seasons like it's a, a cure all for everything. And you, you got to be good writers. You got to have good writing regardless of what you do. It and the number of episodes I don't think creates good writing or not. No, it's just the kind of show that you're trying to do. But yeah, I definitely think they figured out what this show is already. And so yeah, keeping it in the same format. I mean, yeah. if they expand it to ten because that's what they need, then fine. But yeah, I don't right, think it exactly. needs to be a twenty two. That'd be too much. It, it would be too much, uh, you know. The uh, I, I get fatigue in the middle of Flash and Arrow mm. for that very reason. It's like you know, how <laughs> so much do the writers? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, you know. And and I think it's also telling that the Defenders uh, is going to be only eight episodes long, mm-hmm. right? Which actually surprises me a little bit, just because. I feel like with more characters, it feels like, well, they could be just as long as the regular seasons, uh, which are still 13, which is shorter than a normal TV season. Not to di- not to digress, it's going to pick, I, I've, I've already, they've already shown a little piece of the trailer. I predict it's going to literally pick up with Luke going to jail and Matt Murdock showing up to get him out. I mean, here, we, we, we literally need no setup on any of these guys. Yeah, and and if you're and if you and if you're that person, because there will be five of them out there, right. who <laughs> watch it called Defenders? I'm going to watch that one. <laughs> well, don't you watch any of the other Marvel mo- movies? I don't need those. I'll just watch this. Who's the brunette? She's stupid. She doesn't even have a costume. And then we all have to murder him online because you know you clearly <laughs> didn't get the memo that the rest of us got. So. Yeah, I uh but but yeah, there's going to be zero se- everything in this show in the, in those 8 episodes is going to is going to be pieces from the other things. So, there's there's literally no introduction other than how we're going to get these crazy kids together and Matt's going to be the one that pulls them together because uh he's the one that can get them out of trouble. Yeah. Oh, I think Claire's going to be the one that pulls them together. <sighs> well, yeah, Claire via Matt, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, is that for going back to Legion? Is there anything specific you'd like to see in a Legion season two? I yeah, you know, yeah. I w- I want them to expand these shadow groups. Mm-hmm. I would love for them to reintroduce Striker for television mm-hmm. because that makes sense in a paramilitary sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I would. I think that the Reverend from God Loves and Man Kills would be a really good villain or somebody to put in to sort of help flesh out the background. Uh, we we haven't we, we we got that senator in the first X Men movie, but the 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 
minister, the 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 deranged. Uh, oh, I know exactly who you're well, talking. Funny about. enough, that the was the, <laughs> no, it was Reverend Striker in the comics, and then they they yeah. turned him into a military guy for X Men too. But yeah. but yeah, but but yeah, that kind of a character that you know mutants are are demons right. and yeah need to be killed. And uh, so yeah, I, I I think I'm I'm again I'm real comfortable with what they're doing. I would I would like to see them. I'd like to see them start introducing some of the back end mutants, maybe Forge mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. Like pick yeah. some of the guys that have been uh, support staff and and sort of maybe maybe build this up kind of like how I, I I think you've heard me before, Nathan, say that I think Agents of Shield is the Cimmerillion of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's you don't have to read it you know to get it but if you do there's a lot of cool in there i think it'd be cool if we kind of if if legion became kind of like the backbone of of the of the new revamped mutant universe going forward and and the more of those kind of utility players you can put into that show mm-hmm. i think i think those that i think it would be really useful to have those guys because those are the ones on the ground that that were interesting in the comics but the planet shaking stuff always took uh priority oh mirror island would be a great mm. Yeah, how about that, right? No. So that kind of stuff would be a really cool way to sort of start laying out that architecture. Yeah, especially since the movies have decided that they don't care about Muir Island because Moira is some secret agent instead of a scientist. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all goofless now, you know. Right. <laughs> all right, um, uh, Angie, how about you? Is there anything you'd like to see in the second season of uh, Legion? You know, I think my takeaway more is that I'm not concerned. Mm. I have absolute faith in this show to be amazing in a second season. Um, I, you know, I think of things that can be pitfalls for shows like this. Um, like Heroes suffered from power creep um, mm. really badly. But in David, <laughs> you have somebody who is God tier, but is also completely undependable. Mm. You know, he trusts himself. He probably shouldn't. And we definitely shouldn't. Um, you know, counting on him to come in and save the day is not a good idea. So you're not, I think we, you can kind of avoid that power creep problem. And the characterizations for everyone are just so good. I'm just not worried. And I'm really excited to see whatever they come up with. It's going to be trippy and awesome. Angie, oh. Angie, I think one of the ways that you could handle the power creep is you could always have assigned, you could retroactively assign some of those bigger powers to his alter egos. And as they go away, as he as he gets better, th- the the other things go away, and he's got to learn them all over again. That's you know, yeah, just a thought. I'm sorry. That Nathan, would be interesting to see. He doesn't have split personality right now, but maybe he has some sort of event that ends up sparking it. Well, it does almost seem like they were going that way with the sort of calm version of himself that he was. I forget what they said that that was uh, in his head that he was mm-hmm. talking with in the chalkboard scene. So it seems like they could easily get to where there's fractured voices in his head that would allow him as an actor to explore all sorts of different crazy ways to behave. So yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Angie, of course, brought up a show that doesn't exist because, as I've told her before, it is called Powers, not Heroes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a more fitting name for the show. But, yeah. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Is there anything that you want to see in the second season? Basically, to travel to Mirror Island and find Mom. 
not really mm. even find her, just somehow she shows up and we we, we describe that. Okay, I, I, I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of the pot or at the beginning of the topic. Okay, so the story of Legion is one of the most messed up things in Marvel Comics. Because not only did Professor Xavier sleep with the woman that he was trying... She was um, uh, uh, someone who had been in a concentration camp, and the commandant had taken a shine to her because she was pretty. And so she was like... She was like his kept woman. And so the professor was supposed to be there to, like, help her. Like, you know, he was treating a lot of uh, Holocaust survivors and, uh, you know, helping them to, you know, g uh, get beyond their trauma. And he sleeps with his patient. Okay, first off, you know, and that's that's the conception of uh, David. But then second off, when Legion gains the power to go back in time, and I'm not making this up, and I don't know how messed up you have to be to even write this. He, he So his idea is, oh, the reason the world's so messed up is that it's Magneto and my dad fighting, and so I'm going to go back in time and kill Magneto before he became Magneto. And so he goes back in time to when Professor Xavier and Magneto were together at this place trying to help uh, Holocaust victims, and uh, his mom's there, and he sees his mom, and he has sex with her. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It would never. <laughs> it is so messed up. <laughs> it's I am. Doctor Who can't fix it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought that they were going to go into a weird way of he is his own father, that Professor Xavier isn't actually his father. They didn't actually go there. They never said that, but... I am, I'm 100% confident they're not going to go there, because <laughs> you'd have to be a imbecile to do that right that i mean you want to you want to alienate 90 percent of the audience <laughs> be your own grandpa right. you know? <laughs> Holy but, but anyway that is the that is the story of legion for those of you who uh had no idea and it makes me dirty just talking about it so <laughs> yeah with all the relationship building that we had in this first season i i i want my heartstrings to be destroyed just ripped out just show me mom and yeah. david just just oh my god i just want that scene i mm. want it so bad yeah that'd be cool I would uh, like you know the the actor who's playing david has been campaigning for patrick stewart to do an episode next season hell yeah yeah i mm. i would be totally <laughs> about that you know have have dad show up too you know um i think that would be kind of cool i love patrick stewart uh in general anyway and I think it would be nice for him to have a little... He said that he's never going to do the character again after Logan, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll pull a Sam Jackson and be like, I can do this little TV spot and, uh, you know, do a nice little tie-in for... Uh for for well, legion but and 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 if if we need that if we if we need a, a scene with dad again you know as much as i'd love patrick stewart and honestly james mcavoy james would be McAvoy. great too mm -hmm. but how cool would it be if we get a completely different professor x no i know and they totally could do that yeah just just literally start the clock over man <laughs> i mean right. One presumes it with the Dark Phoenix Saga, and I don't know how they're going to do this. I, I really don't know what the Dark Phoenix Saga is even going to look like, because all those characters are gone. Are, are we going to put uh, James Marsden back in the visor? What are we doing here? You know, <laughs> is Famke Jansen going to wear the the green miniskirt? Uh, you know? <laughs> at, at... Okay. Hey, hey, it that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm if they do that. I'm, I'm, and that's not a dig on Famke Jansen. I'm just saying, are, are, is are Dark Phoenix? Phoenix, really? 
are we really going to do this? So I, I l- l- let those movies peter out. No. I really, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to just call it done. But, uh, and I, and I but you got enough good stuff here that you could, you know, you got some germ, you got some seed, man. <laughs> let's let's well, make it the the sunshine. You, you and I both know, though, they're never going to let go of the character Professor X because he's a movie-grade, quote-unquote, character. Just like Wolverine. Totally. We're never going to see Wolverine on a TV show. He's right. going to be in the movies only. So even if they yeah. recast Professor X, it's going to be in the movies. Yeah, it would be. You're right. You're totally right. It would be that or, or not at all. And so it's probably going to, it'll play better if he never gets that closure, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, for the fans, it would be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, so I'm, I'm completely fine with that, If because for whatever reason, the actor wants Patrick Stewart, not James McAvoy, and so, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that if they give us uh, a nice little coda on Professor X like that, but it's not something that I think is absolutely necessary either. Right, it won't, it won't make or break the season, definitely. Right. I think if, if Patrick Stewart had a chance to be your TV dad... I think I would probably campaign for it too. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, even if it's just in the ballpark, you know, possibilities. <laughs> I'm sure. Why not? What do you got to lose, right? Right. You get to, you get to play a scene with Sir Patrick Stewart. Hell yeah! Sign me up, man. So what does anybody? Or what does everybody think that thing was at the end that sucks him into it? Oh the oh yeah because they, yeah that's how the show ends is with that little like flying ball sucking him in. Does anyone have any ideas what that is? I have no reason to think this, but I really just really want it to be Mojoverse. Really <laughs> that would be so you know, trippy. It's funny, I was thinking that I was thinking the exact same thing because it's just so out there, right? <laughs> but it could it could be something Forge is designed. It could be. It, there, it, clearly it's a high-tech genius level thing of some sort so yeah you know uh, i was thinking this show couldn't get any weirder but if they actually go to the mojo verse it would get weirder i just want a long shot tv show so bad <laughs> that was a long shot of getting that angie angie <laughs> yeah. do you really want a show or are you just wanting to check off that box on your character card <laughs> I'm asking. I'm I'm asking here because you know, realistically, that that comic is a is a hot mess. So, and I like Anacinti as well as anybody else. So I'm just you know, would w- would you rather would you rather have him show up in one episode of Legion or would you rather somebody rewrite that into something really cool and put it somewhere where we could watch an eight episode run of it? I just think the the group doing Legion would make an awesome long shot show. I totally and mm-hmm. and if 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 they got the chance to do a second one, I would I would sign off on that in a heartbeat. I, I long shot was great, mm-hmm. but it was I would I would I you know and, and it's it's funny because when you said Mojo, I was literally thinking the same thing because you know what the hell else could it be the the, the Shiar. <laughs> For crying out loud, the brood, who knows? Well, and that's hilarious. Like, when the TV show has done its best to, like, expunge any idea of, like, extra dimensions or alien involvement in anything for if the TV shows, like, embraced that aspect of the X-Men mythos. You know, the, the lower budget, you know, alternatives, uh, you know, embrace that way out there stuff. Because, to me, that's, that's my biggest problem with what Dark Phoenix is going to be, because there's no way they're going to put in any of the space stuff. They, they've squandered right. any opportunity to even set it up. So. Yeah. 
I know. So, so I don't even know why they're going to retread that. Yeah, we all hated X-Men 3, and this might be a marginally better take, but it's still going to be Earthbound, and so it's still not going to be Dark Phoenix. The consequences are are not there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, you know, she threatens to destroy the planet. So did Magneto. What are right. you doing? Come on. Oh, my God. It only works if she kills a planet. Mm-hmm. And it has to be that, you know. Mm-hmm. Once again, I was not consulted. Right. Just, <laughs> ever, please note that for the record. They did not call me. I didn't get an email. I didn't get a tweet. I did not get an IM. No communication from Fox higher up. I'm just really going to c- quickly get on my soapbox about the thing that annoys me, Mark, because you've had your turn. Go for it. <laughs> when Guardians of the Galaxy was so successful, I thought for sure Fox is going to do a Star Jammer series. I'm like, there's no way that they couldn't do a Star because they, you know, Fox we know has been super envious of Disney and Marvel and what they've been able to do and Fox can only play with the FF and X-Men. I'm like, how do they compete with Guardians? Of course, the Star Jammers. They're part of the X-Men verse. You know, they could open up the Shi'ar side and everything else. And that, with them rebooting the timeline with First Class, that would let them set up an actual Dark Phoenix saga. And I've watched the years go by and watched it not happen. And then suddenly we get the announcement, we're doing Dark Phoenix. And I'm like, where the heck is the Star Jammers movie that you need to set it up? You know, (laughs) it just blows my mind. Yep. And again, I wasn't consulted either. No, I know. If they would just pay me a little, I, I don't even ask for a whole lot of money. I mean, they could just pay me like a few thousand bucks a year and I would give them all the ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've offered to be paid in product. Yeah. In jello pudding. Uh, I've, I've made, them, I've made several lucrative uh, offers, right. uh, all of which have been quietly coldly ignored yeah maybe a cameo appearance in a movie that's i'm not asking for much yeah. oh i came down from that long ago right now they're up to 50 bucks for each of you and i'll make you a sandwich and then and no one no one's biting it's weird it's you you'd think they didn't want my input i don't understand let them touch an X Factor. Let them touch X Factor, and then they're going to really get some emails from me. Well, I keep oh, on sure, hearing that sure. the new Gifted uh, TV series is basically X Factor. So. I, I am, I am an X Factor king. I that is the that's the group I want to see on small or big screen. Them. Hmm. My favorite episode, my favorite issue of X Factor, is the one where they're all being psychoanalyzed, By and Doc at the end you find out it's Doc Samson. Yes. Uh, Mm-hmm. Well, because Peter Davids was really smart about it, and he managed to he managed to write Wolvesbane in Heat, and mm-hmm. no one ever knew that she was actually in Heat, which yes! was kind of funny. And and then the other thing that kills me is in that one page where Quicksilver is talking to Doc Samson. Of course, we don't know it's Doc Samson, but mm-hmm. where he's explaining what it's like being mm-hmm. a speedster in a normal world. It was more characterization on Quicksilver than we'd gotten in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like strong guy. Strong guys, sure. You want you want you want to do X Factor? Let's do X Factor. What the hell? You know, Give me little Guido. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why I, not? I, I, yeah. I love the because you know so much of Quicksilver's arrogance and everything is put in perspective by that scene because yeah. you know uh, it's not like the Flash. You can turn it off and on. He is constantly living in a world where everybody is just walking by him in super slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like, oh god. <laughs> Just get the lead out. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
But yeah, I know exactly the issue you're talking about. Sure. It's uh, 87, I think. Yes. Wow. Oh, God. Why do I know that? Anything Peter David writes is instant gold anyway. There you go. See? You're one of the good ones, Nathan. No, thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that we've... um talked about legion about as much as we can uh, does anyone have anything else that they just need to get off their chest about this show mike you want to vent now's your chance i got nothing right. oh man <laughs> angie no i'm i'm good all right and mark i think i think we've both pontificated quite a bit so yes uh, yeah, okay. yes <laughs> you've got my number fox <laughs> hey, give him a call <laughs> He's gonna bake you cookies. Who knows? That's right. I make, make a hell of a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, there you go. Everybody says so. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we're done. Yes. So um, let's do our sign outs and let people know where they can find you. So uh, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at this is Trex and over on my website at Facebook uh, at my website uh, trexlight.com. Okay, Mark, uh, why don't you sign off and let people know where they can find you? Yes, uh, I am uh, currently reworking uh, my website, but uh, you can find me at the Gentleman Nerds, and uh, I tweet indolently uh, at uh, Finn's Wake uh, on Twitter. All right, and Angie, why don't you sign off and uh, let people know where they can find you if something has developed in the last week? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nope, this is me signing off from Geek Town, and uh, you can find me in this weirdo Mormon pocket dimension, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh... Angie, are you still the creepiest creeper that ever creeped? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Nobody took the crown from me this week. Okay. All right, uh, and thank you all for joining me this week. No problem. Our pleasure. You feel better. Uh, thanks. And so that's it for our Legion discussion. I had forgotten that we went on so long about the potential future of the X-Men franchise and that we had recorded this before the acquisition of Fox by Disney had been announced. So in some ways, I know it's a little dated, um, although some of the things that we talk about since Mark assumed that the rights were going to revert back to Marvel are still appropriate because there's still the issue then of how Disney is going to handle the X-Men universe. So... I hope you liked the episode, and uh, to let us know, you can do that in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to tweet to us at at 42cast. You can also drop us a message on the website, which is 42cast.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And really, um, for iTunes, because that does affect our rankings and how the podcast is recommended to people, I encourage anyone who's listening to this show to go over to iTunes and and give a review so that other people might listen to this podcast and it can keep on recording for a long time to come. Another thing that I want to do is give a shout out to uh, the ESO Patreon. I do not yet have an episode up there, but I know that a lot of the shows on the network have done so. So check that out, Uh, become a contributor, and you can see... Uh, and you can listen to all those exclusive podcasts that they're going to have up there. Uh, mine will be from a Chicago TARDIS panel. I haven't decided which one yet. Uh, there are a few candidates, but uh, as soon as I put it up, I will let you know. Well, that's it for this week, but join us back next time when Finn Jones will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing out. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2018. 
Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.